Mm-hmm. I hit it. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's December 2nd, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 153. This is No Agenda. Turn down your speakers! Oh, fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Let's do that again. I hit the wrong one. <laughs> These these buttons these buttons are so small on my iPhone. <laughs> I hit the wrong one. <laughs> I didn't. It was. I, and I know you hate that one, so I'm sorry. Uh, give me another. Hit it. That's good for the show. Ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. Hit it. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's December second, two thousand nine. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination, episode one fifty three. This is no agenda. Turn down your speakers. <laughs> I can't seem to hit it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me try again. This is lame. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's December 2nd, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 153. This is no agenda. Coming. <laughs> Turn down your speak. <laughs> Are you still there? Why Why do we even start this show if you can't, if the buttons are so small, you can't hit the right ones? Now the problem... Uh, this it, is using, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, people listening on the stream, this is his use of the iPhone to be a, like a mixer. The problem is I'm using my left hand because I, only during this sequence do I have to use my right hand to control the volume. Wait, maybe I can do it this way. Hold on. This might be a way to do it. Okay, I'll try it like this. <laughs> I just like to see a movie of this. This is why people want to see the video. <laughs> no, screw that. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's December second, two thousand nine. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination, episode one fifty three. This is no agenda. Watching all the other lame stream channels while you're glued to the Gitmo Vision, and coming to you from the Crackpot Command Center in the Garden State, Gitmo Nation Central in New Jersey. I'm Adam Curry. I keep thinking you're in Chicago. I'm John C. Dvorak here in Northern Silicon Valley. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. It's like, I'm almost like, what was uh, Nixon's secretary's name who in Watergate twisted her arms 15 different ways to hit record and re- erase like 30 seconds? Yeah. What was her name again? I can't remember. That's kind of what it felt like doing that. I forgot my MIDI cable, so I'm, uh, I'm relegated uh, down to a control pad surface on the iPhone. Technically, very cool. Would be better if it was the iSlate. It's a little bit small. I would think. Uh, hey, John. How are you doing? How are you doing there in uh, Jersey? Yeah, it's good. I'm not... Why are you think- thinking you're in Chicago? No, I just keep... Oh, man. No, no, no. It's... Uh, so, on one of those trips, you know, you know what I have to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, tomorrow morning, I'm driving to Pittsburgh. Because I didn't want to take, I don't, I don't trust taking a red eye flying into Pittsburgh if you have a meeting that same day. Because uh, nine times out of ten, it's Pittsburgh. You're going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, near near Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. They have companies there, you know. Pretty big I heard ones. That. Yeah. They have pretty, nice bridges. I like that town. Pittsburgh. You know, when, yeah. when, I, when I went to school in West Virginia, uh, we sometimes would drive to go see uh, what is it, the Flyers. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, I'm sorry, the Flyers. The Penguins. Yeah, we go drive to see him play. It was like three and a half hours. I don't know. What I we can't were see thinking. you watching hockey. Well, she was cute, and she liked hockey. Mm. Uh, what was her name? 
Edie. Did you show her your stick? Edie. <laughs> no, I, you know, I never got to show her my stick. I think she might have been no? gay. You didn't get a puck? <laughs> Zero puckage. You're listening to No Agenda, episode 153, and this episode's executive producer is... As a matter of fact, it happens to be, uh, yet again, another Australian, our old friend Todd Simmons, S-Y-M-M-O-N-S, from 8 Mile Plains. He's given before. He's working on a on a, uh, a big donation, I guess. Queensland, Australia, $220.22. It's a palindrome. Fantastic. Thank you very much, uh, Todd. You are the official executive producer of uh, this episode of No Agenda. You can put it on uh, on your resume. Uh, it is codified in the show notes and in this very program, and it's the real deal. And you can take it to the bank. <laughs> yes, you can. You can take all that to the bank. You know, we highly appreciate it. Palindrome uh, executive producer. <sighs> so, yeah, so, so, so okay, it's messed right? up. We might as well start with the top news story, whether uh, we like it or not. Well, there's a couple of them, but I guess that would be uh, the president's speech. Yeah, I had the best description of it uh, was from Rush Limbaugh, I think. He called it a wet noodle. <laughs> it was really weird. You know, um, so I couldn't see it live because I was at the office. Of course, it was on at 5 o'clock. I, I, I guess I could have caught it somewhere else because it turns out that, you know, there were stations. Even CNN, I think, uh, replayed it. Or I, probably that's exactly why they did. Um, I had a couple questions. What? What was the music? So, first of all, the setting was weird, West Point. Um, you know, which is, it's like, okay, could it be any clear what you're trying to do here by going to West Point? You know. Yeah. But, but what, what, was the, what was the music they played? That, like, I know at the end they played, like, the Halls of Montezuma. Did you I don't hear know. that? The Halls of Montezuma, as far as I know, is a Marine uh, uh, song. Well, I was watching C-SPAN, and I'm pretty sure it was the the raw feed. So that's what they were playing there on site. Isn't that the one no, that goes da 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 da? Isn't that Halls of Montezuma? I think it is. Yeah. But they started so, off with. Well, hold on a second. This is really important, John, because there was no hail to the chief. There was this, you know, this opening like cadence, like it was. You could have put a Chinese guy that you could have put King Kim Jong Il there, and it could not have been more militaristic. If that was any Asian leader, we would have been like, look at these guys, man! All oh, he's got all these soldiers there, and he's got his military marching music and stuff. I found that to be surreal. Well, not only that, I agree with that. And it also had a fascist, a Nazi Germany look. Because the size of this auditorium. was huge. What does the thing hold? 100,000 people inside? Yeah, it, it was It was huge. huge. Yeah, it was. It was huge. And just the whole thing, it just, it, it really, I don't know. It's just, I saw that. I was like, you know, that's just weird. That's the kind of stuff. All we needed was these guys goose-stepping, uh, looking to the right, you know, and passing you know, if, the president not, not only Kim Jong-il, but if George Bush would have given a speech in that environment, he would have just been slaughtered. Well, at least he, he would have had, like, a bomber jacket on or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, like, army on the back. <laughs> a yeah, hoodie. It, it, it army was hoodie. All right, so I made a couple notes. Uh, I'd love to, you know, and by the way, I'm really annoyed with uh, with with the president's speech because it's totally taken away from the full time Tiger Woods coverage. You know, I just can't get my Tiger Woods fix. We'll get back to that. Uh, I need more information on Tiger Woods. There's not enough, not enough, too much Obama talk going on. <laughs> 
So go ahead. Let's uh, hear what you. Well, uh, my thing. Uh, well, I was listening to it, and I thought it was, uh, you know, I thought it was functional. Uh, but you know, as, they, as the critics came out on the various shows, I started to like it less and less because I was listening to them, right. and. Uh, they pointed out that he sounds he's gone back to kind of his old fashioned provisorial style of speaking. It's more of a lecture than it was a speech. You know, and it was meaningless. He didn't really say anything and he said, Let me be clear way oh, too no, I heard him say at least three times. I counted three times, let me be clear. His thing about Vietnam was lame. He says it depends upon a false reading of history, which I think is bogus. You know uh, you know what he said? He said something interesting. He talked about shadowy networks. I was like, what the hell is that? What's a shadowy network? I don't know. Is that M- MSNBC is a shadowy network? or the, the, well, the, Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you talk, that, that was, I was like, okay, who's buying that? You know, sh- we have to beware of shadowy networks. Like He okay. also says we were attacked from Afghanistan. So let me ask him, how many Afghanis were in those airplanes that, that hit the World Trade Center? Yeah, and besides that, you know, it's like the re- so he he was very clear he said the reason why cuz this was you know there were a couple things i was looking out for the reason why we're in uh, afghanistan is because we declared war against al qaeda which of course is the you know made up by the cia but it doesn't matter against al qaeda and anyone who harbors them but seeing as you know there's like a, by their own admission the administration there's only 100 al qaeda left the Taliban is not harboring any more Al Qaeda, so isn't that illegal? Isn't that like now we're not supposed to go after them? I, 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 it doesn't make any sense to me. He did get something into the speech that nobody picked up on about Pakistan. No, about nuclear disarmament. Yeah, no, I, I picked up on that. He, you know, I was like, okay, that was to me that was more a, a saber rattling towards Iran more than anything. Mm, maybe. But I think he's a, that we, the reason he got the Nobel Peace Prize is because he's a, a disarmament person. Mm. And so he had to throw that in, I guess. I don't know. I think it's, you know, crazy. He says the whole thing. I mean, you know, the, the fact is these, us having this cache of nukes has been an unbelievably, I mean, it was, it was considered dangerous, but it was a, it's been a deterrent. That we have them, you mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the whole point. The and world can't have them. The Russians too. Only Nobody's we, only we can have them. No one well, else can have them. The Russians have them, and you know. So let, let me just mess with them. Let me ask a couple questions here. There's a couple couple things that I, that I noticed. Oh, by the way, when it comes before the um, the militaristic opening music, the Muzak was Stevie Wonder. Uh. What's it? Uh, bring on your love with a dozen roses. That was, and I, I'm pretty sure since it was C-SPAN, that's what was actually playing in the auditorium. They're playing Stevie Wonder music. The whole thing was just like, whoa, that's really twisted. So what he didn't explain and what I don't really understand is he's sending 30,000 troops over where 40,000 were requested. Mm-hmm. What is the point? Why not just send forty? Well, I think it's. A, I think he should have sent forty-five. Yeah, because forty-five gives him an exit strategy. Because he, you know, they want forty. He gives them forty-five. And it thing keeps falling apart, and he now he can say, "Hey, I gave you forty-five. You wanted forty. I gave you more than you wanted, and you still can't do this job." 
the way he's done it now, he's it's uh, well, you didn't give us enough men. Yeah, and so it's almost like a setup to keep yeah. this war going. And it's also, you know, up until uh, for the next three years. So, you know, exactly four years when it's time for re-election, then one of two things can happen. Most likely he won't be a two-term president. And the next guy can come in and can up it. You know, this is what they always do. It doesn't matter who's in there. They're all a part of the military-industrial complex. Well, uh, we'll see. He also said that he prohibited torture, which I thought was a, a blatant lie. He lumped in the UN, NATO, and the World Bank all in uh, all in one breath there, which was interesting because, of course, we need global security and we need to be advancing frontiers of human liberty. And then at the very end there, uh, just to show you how staged this thing is, at the very end, like all the all these cadets, they rush the stage. I mean, come on, what is that? You, you know these. These these are trained military men and women. They will sit and not move until they're told to move. So there must have been someone saying, okay, here's the book. You 30 guys, you run down to the stage when he's done and go start shaking his hand and taking pictures with him and rocking out. Oh, yeah, it's like the Leno show. Yeah, exactly, except Leno does it at the beginning and he did it, he did it at the end. It was contrived, completely contrived. I was just looking at it going like, wow, we're, we're so hypnotized. We're so gitmoed. Hmm. It was uh, all right. Now over uh, in so the, the speech was it. So this was a disappointing uh, news point of news. Yeah, it, it it was not. There was no news. They had already leaked out that he was going to send less than a forty thousand, and he didn't actually say what winning would be. He said, "Well, we're going to be out of there in eighteen months." Which right, yeah. which he got condemned for by the Republicans who want to stay forever. Apparently, yeah. Well, no, the what the meme I heard was, oh, yeah, why don't you just tell the enemy when we're leaving, then they can just wait. It's like, none of this, none of this makes sense. The whole, it, being there makes no sense. Well, another thing that doesn't make sense, <laughs> that actually my son brought up, which is why are we telling the enemy anything, including troop movement, how many people we're sending? Shouldn't the whole thing be a mystery? Well, yeah, of course it should. But it's, uh, the whole thought, the whole thing is a farce. It's all about money. I, I received a couple of, um, and I want to come back to this because there was something very interesting that was mentioned on the BBC Breakfast Show. I have a sound clip. Uh, I've been receiving emails from uh, enlisted men over in Afghanistan. And, uh, of course, none of them want to be known by name. I'm even wondering, I, you know, I think they're even taking a risk by, uh, by actually sending me email. So this is from, uh, I'll just call him G.I. Chris. Um, and he uh, he refers back to I, th I guess I made a mistake about I said it was a toolbox but it was a kill box that the Dutch were using to uh, to just lob stuff into and he goes into great detail explaining how that works it's basically around the base you just set up all these places where people are likely to be shooting mortars from and uh, and that's kind of your target so if, if something's incoming you just blow the shit out of the kill box and then you're usually going to kill someone probably civilians but at least you know that's the general direction because all the rest you know, these bases are in the middle of except in Baghdad, you know, just vast wasteland. Uh, but he has a few side notes. He said, there is a reason that we never did things like peel potatoes and fill sandbags, which, of course, is what we kind of still think is, is what's happening, but it's not. Um, 
He says, we never had a Pizza Hut in the green zone, but we did get a tiny little pizza in in a little trailer that was the best thing to happen to us in almost a year of fighting. I can still remember smelling that pizza on the day they opened from over a mile away, immediately dropped everything to go over and get five large pizzas for me and my scouts. In 2003, the Burger King at the Baghdad airport was in the top five highest grossing franchises in the entire chain. Wow. (laughs) Soldiers would show up from all over the country to get it. Top, so I mean, this is war. Th- these are the companies that are just warmongering. If if you want to, you know, not participate, then please don't go to Starbucks, don't go to Burger King, don't go to Pizza Hut, because it's just profiteering is actually what it is. War profiteering. So uh, the BBC Breakfast Show, and this will add a little bit of, um. A little bit of background on exactly what's what's going on. What our president didn't tell us. We have uh, Ambassador Sussman, who is the uh, the U.S. ambassador to London, and he drops the following bombshell on the BBC Breakfast Show regarding Pakistan. They even ask him to make sure they heard it correctly. Listen to what he says. Much he emphasized uh, our position in Pakistan. We are in Pakistan for the long term. Uh, we are there to uh, be sure they have a stable government, and we're there to help them defeat the Taliban. You, you, when you said you meant Afghanistan rather than saying we're in Pakistan for the long term. I said we are in Pakistan, Pakistan for the long term. term. Okay. Just you be absolutely that? clear about Perhaps. that. Could you hear that, John? Yeah. So he says we're in Pakistan the for the long term. What the hell is that all about? Because that's what it's really all about. He, he, he totally just blows the whole cover right there. And the, and the presenter even says, you mean Afghanistan? No, Pakistan. Yeah, no, I heard, the, I heard the thing, but who is this guy again? This is the, the U.S. ambassador in London. And you say, no, 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 we're in Pakistan. We're in there for the long haul. Don't forget that you know, they've got this Turkmenistan pipeline that has to go through. That's right, really, we that's have to really grab those missiles, these nukes, we got to get those nukes. Yeah, we got to get the nukes, we got to uh, bring the pipeline in, and of course when you have a pipeline, you can, you know, you can push oil through it, or you could just reverse that, and you could just uh, have people walking next to the pipeline, which would be completely secured, carrying big bags of poppies. Or they could put the poppies in a pig and run it through the pipeline. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's another thing they could do. They could. So meanwhile... Um, while the whole country is engrossed in the real news, the president's speech, and of course, uh, let's not forget the, uh, the, the White House crashers, which uh, I, have my, I have a theory about that. You know, oh, was, yes. Yeah, so we want to do, why don't we move to that topic? Because okay. this is, this, we're going to get nowhere here with this speech. It sucked. Yeah. There was no, there was no, it was no good. I agree. So these White House crashes. So all of a sudden... And things go very, very fast these days. But so uh, these people crashed the White House. Uh, it was NBC who broke the story. They are uh, apparently the woman is auditioning for Real Housewives of Washington, D.C. on Bravo. Do you know who owns Bravo, John? Well, let me think. It would probably be the same network that is highlighting this whole thing. Yeah. So that's NBC slash General Electric. Now, of course, Jeffrey Immelt is uh is you know is big buddies he's on the i think the economic team with uh, with the president you know this was clearly a distraction whatever you do let's not talk about what actually went on having the prime minister of india over having a state dinner as we are now encircling pakistan so we've got pakistan on all sides 
Let's not talk about that. No, no, please. Uh, Jeff, can you do something for me? Yeah, can you, uh, can you create a little distraction there? Yeah, no problem. I got it covered. And so it's all been NBC. The next morning, they show up on NBC this morning, on the morning show, to say, oh, no, no, we were actually invited. And the thing, yeah. that, and the thing that really killed me is that, um, uh, actually, I should, I should probably see if I can get that audio for you. I have it somewhere. They were announced at the dinner. So yeah. they walk in and they announce right, right, their I names. So it's like, yeah. well, what is that? You're not on the guest list, yet, yet your name gets announced? Yeah, how does that work? It's crazy. No, it's obviously another publicity stunt scam foisted on the American public. We have to deal with this stuff apparently constantly. He gets a bunch of attention, uh, you know, and everybody's all worked up about it. And they, you guys are defending themselves with these memos, supposed. And uh, it'll blow over and that'll be the end of it. There'll be a misunderstanding. Uh, and I know Obama was feigning irks. He was irked. Oh, did did he actually respond? I didn't see any response from him. Yeah, he, there was some report that that he was very upset about this. Who was upset? Oh, please, it's just you know the, the I don't the the more I uh, the more I witness all of this, the more I'm like it's unbelievable. They they really have no shame at this point. They will do anything to distract the American public and the world stage from what is really going on. I'm sure that this whole Tiger Woods thing, I you know, I just haven't set my mind to it, but I'm sure that that's all some setup as well. Whatever you do, don't talk about what's going on. I, I flipped on the news in this hotel room. Every single channel is Tiger Woods. <laughs> Every it's like it's, I loved it. I was watching this last night. You want to play the, the real news? I'll talk about the Tiger Woods thing. Yeah. Oh, you, you get your little iPhone, you're looking for the button. You know what? I it's like uh, I I'm so clueless, John. I have I have no I don't even know where it is. Yeah. Because you All know, right. uh, here it is. And now back to real news. This is this is really not working, but we'll just have to live with it. Okay. Yes, real news, John. What you got going on? So anyway, so they, the KTLA had a whole uh, really some of the best coverage of this, and. Um, they had uh, apparently, and this isn't getting covered ever. This being very controlled, of course. Woods has always been a kind of a control freak about his uh, media, and uh, you know his team, Tiger. You know, you have to be a member of a club to follow him around, or even say hello. But uh, it turns out that a bunch of women are now coming out of the woodwork with even better stories. Uh, uh, and one of them was just actually really a doll, and she apparently had you know hooked up with Tiger. And a lot of the problem he does, you know, he's like a lot of people that are not like in the tech scene, and they do stupid things like text messages, yeah, like send lots of emails uh, and send text messages, the text and, messages and, and, and leave voicemails. Voice yeah, Why are we even talking about this? Stop! I, I can't handle it. Stop! Please stop. So one more thing, though. So the Japanese are picked up on this story, and they're, it's all over their news, too, because the Japanese, of course, are golf they're, they're nuts. They're big golfers, yeah. So, they, so some company's done a bunch of recreations of what probably happened and what he said happened and then what did happen. And, they, and it's, now it's funny because they have this, these models. These kind of looks like you're watching The Legend of Zelda. And the, the wife goes after him and scratches his face and then picks up a golf club and starts swinging it at him. Is this on our satellite? Is this a, a Japanese channel you can receive? 
No, this is but this has been passing. This has been all over the the, the networks. By the it'll be on YouTube shortly. This this video. It's it's quite funny. You're breaking up big enough. time. I'm not going to talk about it. You're, anymore, you're really it. you're really breaking up. Thank goodness cause it was all about Tiger Woods. But you're breaking up. Yeah, you're breaking up too. Well, no, then then someone's doing something over there. This is no, just, it's, 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 it's that crappy connection you've got there in Jersey. You know what? This is what we're all about. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. We can't get a Skype connection up for shit, but we hit people in the mouth. You still there? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about something nobody's talking about. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. The 350 movement. Wow, I don't even know what this is. So we're watching television, and uh, we've decided to watch Democracy Now! and a bunch of other left-leaning news shows. And so they're talking about, apparently, I didn't realize that this was going on, but this is kind of the anniversary of the WTO protests up in Seattle. And these same people, these anarchists that were moaning and groaning about world, the World Trade Organization. Who, who, by, who, by the way, you know, I used to think those guys were boneheads, but I think they actually were right. I agree. Totally. Now, yeah, you know what, there there we go. Some... John, John, let's just, let's, re let's redo the Skype connection, because this is getting ridiculous. It, it, really, right, it, it really sucks. We, I'll, um, sure. I'm going to hang on. You want me up. to hit it? Yeah, you hit it, but you call me back, okay? All right. All right. There he goes. Let's see if we can get this reconnected. Yeah, how's that? You there? Yeah. Can you hear me? No. Well, it's even worse. <laughs> can you hear me, though? No, he can't hear me. Hold on a second. Uh, where'd he go? Hello? Yes, hello. Ah, you bitch. Don't hang up on me like that. It's wrong. About that, no? Okay, now, that should be better. All right. Somewhat better. So the 350 movement, if you need a cut in. Uh, <laughs> I'm, is, I'm not going to edit that out. That's awesome when it screws up. Uh, it makes it so realistic. So anyway, the far left is adamant about cap and trade. Adamant. They think it's the biggest scam ever. And there's a huge movement afoot. They're going to be protesting in Copenhagen. They've already had a series of protests on November 30th in San Francisco. 25 people were arrested. Thousands were protesting. Did you read about that in the news at all? Wait a minute. The left is protesting cap and trade? Big time. Oh, fantastic. This is great. We had to conclude that the only people for cap and trade is the media. Well, you know, it's it's funny you say that, John, because I, um, you know, in following all of this uh, this climate gate stuff, uh, we are changed. Chicago, did you hear? What, you didn't see. You didn't read this in the media either, or see it on television. They went to an Al Gore book signing. He has his new book out, which is basically now that I've tricked you into believing all this bullshit. Here's how we go about implementing cap and trade. I think that's the t the exact title of the book, actually. Wow, <laughs> not really. And uh, so, you know, I I did a little bit of research because uh, we keep saying it that oh, you know, Al Gore, he's uh, he's invested in all this stuff. So, cap and trade. Just to to recap, the whole idea is that this new fake money will be created uh, called carbon credits. 
And they they actually have a value now, I think, of like $22 in the U.S. per metric ton or whatever the unit is. And if you want to pollute more than you're allowed to once this law is uh, is passed, if it does pass, then you will be able to trade carbon credits, which essentially is you know just another form of tax in a way. But you'll be able to trade that with other companies. And that's going to be a very lively um, monetary unit, which, of course, will have derivatives on it in future. They, actually, it is a future. And there's only one company that is licensed to trade carbon credits. Were you aware of that, John? Only one company? No, I wasn't. Okay. And it is the Climate Exchange PLC, and they operate the European Climate Exchange, the ECX. They operate the Chicago Climate Futures Exchange. Bookmark that. I'm going to get back to that in a second. And the uh, Chicago Climate Exchange, there's the futures and the and the regular exchange. And they are the only, as per their website, they are the only company who has been um, certified to trade in these carbon credits. So I'm um, looking around at the website, and then you go look at uh, company information. I'm actually doing it right now. You can find them at climateexchangeplc.com. And it's owned by this guy named Richard Sandor. He's, uh, he's the chairman. And uh, so you have, uh, oh, let me just find it here. I think it's under reports. Oh, no, wait a minute. It's the top 10 shareholders. And the top 10 shareholders are Invesco Asset Management Limited with uh, 29.5%. Then you have the insiders, the directors, of course, are not and related, not all listed on the site, 18.94%. And in the top 10, we have Generation Investment Management, LLP. And uh, they also own a nice little chunk of this exchange. And then you go to GenerationIM.com. That is Generation Investment, LLC. And uh, here it is. Overview. Generation is an independent, private, owner-managed partnership with offices in London and New York. The firm was co-founded in 2004 by Al Gore and David Blood. And hmm. guess and guess who's managing this whole thing for them? A guy from Goldman Sachs. There's like 10 Goldman Sachs guys in, in on this deal. Yeah, well, that's what these, these uh, 350 people are saying. They're saying the whole thing's a scam. I mean, they're, they don't feel that the climate change data is bogus or that the thing is rigged, but they, they do get the part that this cap-and-trade thing is, is, is a joke. Let me give you one more little data point, John, before you continue. Years ago, President Obama, before he was president, helped fund the carbon program while he was on the board of the Chicago Charity the Chicago-based charity, he helped fund the carbon trading exchange that is now going to play a critical role in the cap-and-trade program. The charity was the Joyce Foundation. He was on the board of directors, and they gave over a million dollars in two separate grants that were, quote, instrumental in developing and launching the privately owned Chicago Climate Exchange, which I just mentioned, which now calls itself North America's only cap-and-trade system for all six greenhouse gases with global affiliates and projects worldwide. He was in on the scam from the get-go, from the very beginning. 
And so now it's unfolding before our very eyes, and they are doing everything, including throwing Tiger Woods under the bus, which is not too hard to imagine how they did that, because as we've learned now from reports everywhere on the Internet, uh, Tiger Woods probably was using Verizon, because it turns out Verizon published a report and said, hey, or actually in the testimony said, well, you know, the... uh, the, the CIA or the FBI has asked us for 8 million uh, GPS coordinate pings. We can't keep up with the demand. Now, it doesn't mean that they've been tracking 8 million people, but 8 million different coordinates of cell phones. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure that they have a, a warrant for every single one of those. If, if they're using the same printing press the, uh, the Treasury uses. And it's just crazy. It's, it, I'm, I guarantee you, they were like, oh, dude, let's say we got to screw someone. Let's think, uh, who's a celebrity? Hey, I hear that Tiger Woods is boning all kinds of chicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go get some voicemails and some text messages. Yeah. Because, of course, those slip out all of a sudden. Well, somebody did sell that information to the uh, National Enquirer. Of course. But I hate to say it. President Obama is just dirty on his background. He's freaking dirty. He helps set up the, 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 the so, climate change. So here's exchange. an interesting thing that... Go ahead. So the, 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 the organization that is kind of behind the protests that are going to take place by the, by the far left is Climate Justice. And if you start looking at climatejustice.org or try to find them, you're going to find a bunch of bogus sites using the same names, and they've been Google-washing these guys to push them way down in the numbers. And then if you also want to look at something, the 350 movement, which is, has to do with, with the collecting 350 bucks or $3.50 or whatever kind of donations, which is 350.org, the, the key to this, knowing that this is actually a huge movement, and they had a whole slew of uh, protests on November 30th that were not reported by the media at all. Wow. They report the teabag stuff, but they wouldn't report these guys. So go to Google and type in 350 movement, hit it, hit the button that says news and see how many references there are, then hit the button that says web and see how many references there are. There are virtually zero news stories, zero, and it's all over the web. Okay, I'm looking at uh, 350 movement on Google, top hit South Africa to treat all HIV positive babies. Uh, what have I got here? 300, 350 shows, Civil Society for Climate Justice. Hmm. That's that's a real one. But that's not under news, is it? Yeah, that's under news. Okay, well, that, that's the only story. Well, that's from The Ecologist. So that's, I'm, I'm sure that's not, not a huge thing. Wow. But if you go to web, web. and click okay, on yeah, I'm, I'm going to click on web here. Top of the list, 350.org. 350 movement, video results for 350. Wow. Lots of videos. Wow. And thanks for turning me on to this, John. I'm, I'm going to put that in the show notes right away. I had never even heard of it. That's, of course, because I really don't watch mainstream media. I really, I try well, to stay away. It's bad it for my mainstream. health. It's not on mainstream media. It was on the, the alternative crazy media. Wow. International Same. Day of Climate Action. Wow. That's amazing. This is really good. Totally not covered. Not covered by anybody. They refuse to cover it. They're going to keep shoving this crap down the public's throat, the old, whatever the, you know, the El Gore agenda. Unbelievable. So I told you that uh, you got to see that video of the We Are Change Chicago, people just going up to Gore while he's signing books. And then there's like, 
Hey, are are you aware that uh, thirty thousand scientists uh, don't believe uh, the hype from the IPCC, and then immediately security like uh, you know jumps on them, <laughs> and they keep coming, and it's like one after another, they don't stop until finally he speeds off in his SUV, which noticeably is not a hybrid, <laughs> belching smoke. Yeah. All right. Well, since we're not coming in loud and clear, unfortunately, you want to play some clips? Yeah. Could I could I start with a clip? Yeah, go. Okay. So um, I, I, I'm just looking for the media assassination part. And, like, what else was going on while uh, the president was speaking and while we're, you know, well, there's, there's, there's arguably there's real news going on. And so I flip over to C-SPAN. And I hear this this entire testimony about ACORN, which, of course, we, you know, we kind of lost sight of ACORN. There was that, you know, big brouhaha for a while about, uh, you know, the guy and the girl who went in. They got all this advice on how to set up, you know, their, uh, essentially their brothel. And uh, I guess only Fox really did anything with that. And, you know, it's like, yeah, whatever. So that just kind of slid off their back, right? Are you still with me, John? I only got three words out of that entire three sentences. That really sucks. I got something about slid off their backs. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm talking about Acorn. Oh, okay. Okay. So Acorn, we know we know that they, uh, the, you know, the, that there's something amiss with that outfit. But there's testimony going on in the uh, the, the it's the House Republican Commission on possible fraud with ACORN regarding their financial status, etc. And there's a whistleblower called Anita Moncrief. Have you ever heard of her, Anita Moncrief? Nope, never, nope, nope. So let me play, it's, uh, it's a couple minutes, but it's really worth listening to, as she just unfolds and explains exactly what's been going on, how she's been threatened trying to bring this, uh, this bogus organization to light, which of course are completely political, and what the whole agenda has been for the past two and a half years. Okay, uh, last question then. Uh, the various corporations, the affiliates around the country, what you saw in the way of nonprofit money uh, being, being used for political activities, did you see those in other affiliates from your position? Uh, yes, I did. I saw them in Acorn Institute, AISJ, the Acorn Institute, I'm sorry, American Institute for Social Justice, as well as some of the other um, political entities like Working Families Party. They were all considered to be under the Acorn umbrella. All of the money went into, went into CCI and was dispersed out for the political purposes. Most of the money was not to help people. It was to run a political campaign, and it was an ongoing political campaign. Even during non-election years, Acorn was still ramping up for the next voter registration drive or the next big push until 2008, which they considered to be the big one, the once-in-the-generation opportunity, as they called it did you hear that john yeah yeah so, so you know and and uh, i've put the link in the show notes i want to play the next piece i put the link in the show notes but you have to watch this entire testimony because this woman is saying it's she's really laying it all out there she's saying oh you know they basically they were they were paid to get votes even though if even though the uh uh, and this, of course, was an accusation that was kind of glossed over, even though the the registrations weren't you know weren't real because they were paid with a quota, 
And this was all about the big one, the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We're going to go put some real change into this country. Now, listen to the final question. Thank you. And Mr. Smith, uh, thank you for your indulgence on a little extra time. Uh, go back. You're welcome. Thank you, Mr. Issa. Um, Mr. Issa, um, Ms. Moncrief, let me ask you one quick question, and that is, given what you saw, the politicalization of ACORN and Project Boat, uh, and which you knew to be a misuse of funds, and you knew that Project Vote was used in, uh, for uh, election reasons uh, that were wrong. What made you decide to come forward? You could have resigned. You could have not said anything. You could have kept quiet. Uh, what made you want to go public? So, of course, this, this woman is a true patriot because she's really taking a lot of risk by going out there and saying, hey, these guys are bogus. You, you can still hear this, John? I'm so pissed off about this connection. You're with me? Yeah, she can get shot. Well, <laughs> not just once, but she could get two. Here we go. Listen to this. Well, I tried to do this twice. In 2007, I contacted the Employment Policies Institute. I spoke to a man named Brett Jacobson, and we talked about some of the um, ACORN's antics in relation to throwing people under the bus, as I call it. Too many people during the election cycles were being sent to jail for things that ACORN was encouraging, and a lot of times they were targeting people that didn't have the best education, that didn't have a lot of resources, and these were the people that they were offering up like sacrificial lambs. At the time, he told me that I needed to find other employment because I had just had a baby. So I didn't do it in 2007. In 2008, I realized that I only had one opportunity to come out there and tell this real story because I knew what their plan was. I was at the planning meeting about what was going to happen with President Obama. I had received the donor list. I had received calls from the Obama administration. So I knew what was going to happen if he was elected, that ACORN would not be would, like they are now. They're basically untouched. Things are kind of hitting them, but they're sliding off. So I tried to tell this story before the election, and the New York Times killed it. You hear that? The New York Times killed it. Because, gee, why would the New York Times report on any huge fraud... No, no, no. Let's just kill that one because we need to get this president elected. After the election, I've still been trying to tell it because it's important. It's, they're making money off the poor. Poverty is big business for ACORN, and it's time to let the poor people stand up instead of them standing on their backs. There you go. So the way this outfit wow. works, which our president is, I, you know, and I don't want this to be the anti-Obama show, but the, I can't help it. It's, it's, like, it's like, hello, here's this huge bucket full of information, which, of course, you won't hear about this anywhere else. You're, I mean, I, I, I literally sat through two and a half hours of testimony with my mouth, my jaw on my, in my crotch. Just now, dropped. Who was this again? Who, what, what committee was this? Where was this? This is the House Republican Com Commission. So this was uh, in the Ca on Capitol Hill where they are literally um, receiving testimony. She has four lawyers because you know she had access to payroll data and all kinds of stuff. And Acorn is suing the shit out of her. And it's uh, link in the show notes. You can, uh, you can see the entire testimony on uh, cspan.org. It's just outrageous what they've been doing. And so this is an organization that's supposed to help poor people. Instead, they're getting them, they're riling them up, getting them to go protest and get arrested. And then like, screw you. Well, you're arrested. We're not going to bail you out. Just screw it. You, you were, you, you've, your, your usefulness is now is over. And as she said, literally, poor people is big business to Acorn. Big business. Wow. 
So I, I want to let you get to your clips in a second. But just uh, to show you how arrogant these people are, how arrogant. Something else you definitely need to watch. Unfortunately, C-SPAN only shows the Monday press briefings with uh, Herr Goebel Gibbs, Robert Gibbs, who is the uh, White House spokesman. And he gets a question, a, a really good question. So first of all, the whole thing is about how did these people get in? How did these party gate crashers get in? It's like no one gives a shit about that, but that's all the press seems to worry about. Then some old dude who's up front, who, by the way, gets slammed by Robert Gibbs for being old, or actually by, by uh, one of his colleagues, he finally comes out with a climate gate question, which is really good. And then still another reporter tries to bring it back to the gate crashes, but he does get in not only his climate gate question, which you'll laugh when you hear Gibbs' answer, but he also exposes how, how arrogant these people are. Listen to this. Climate change. Why is it a good idea for the president to arrive near the beginning of the climate talks negotiations as opposed to the end when the ultimate deal is going to be struck? And secondarily, does well, the White House have any evaluation uh, or comment on this controversy of the hacked emails that suggest that some of the underlying science through some of the... So, so this is actually, this is not the old guy yet, but this is someone asking some pretty standard questions like, how does the president respond to these hacking of emails? You know, this, why is he going to Copenhagen first and why is he not closing the conference so we can really close the deal? Propositions put forward by climatologists may be an error or may have been altered in some way. Yeah, on the second part, I think... Carol Browner addressed that last week. Uh, on the order of several thousand scientists have come uh, to the conclusion that uh, climate change is happening. Uh, I don't think that's uh, that got to do with the question. Oh, no, well, nothing, nothing. But just so you know, the science is in. Let me be clear. Thing that is, quite frankly, among most people in dispute anymore. Uh, it's not most. It's not in dispute, John. Did you hear that? It's not in dispute anymore. Most people not in dispute. No, Herr Goebbels Gibbs no, says no. so. No, not in dispute. Uh, in terms of when the president goes, obviously, uh, we believe that uh, progress has been made with developing nations. Primary, the U.S. has made some progress with the Chinese and the Indians over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the president will travel to Oslo on the tenth. Uh, and believed it was important to uh, use uh, this visit to help get us to the point of a deal. Hey, a deal, John. We've got to seal the deal. He's got to get us to a deal. You know that deal for global governance? That deal? Okay, stand by. Yeah, there, go to this website. Yeah, hold on. Uh, something that uh, can take the type of action that scientists say need to be taken to uh, to stop and reverse climate change. I think the president believes that uh, uh, that a visit happening at the beginning uh, is just as important as it would be at any point uh, to getting that deal going uh, quicker. What deal? What deal, John? What's the deal? Well, here, go to www.sealthedeal2009.org. It's I'm, all explained. I'm going to go to that in a second. I don't want to ruin our Skype connection. Let's continue, because now the old guy comes in. It's great. I follow that one. First, oh, follow up on the gate crash. So the guy's just asking a huge question about climate change, about scientists not, not believing it. Gibbs is lying through his teeth. Oh, let me get back to the gate crashers, because I'm in the White House press corps. I've got import. I work for Inside Edition. Uh, to getting that deal going uh, quicker. I follow that one. Could I follow possible, that one up? Uh, is it possible, Robert, that the White House could have done something 
more to assist the Secret Service to prevent that situation right. from arising. So it's like Again, there's a, an ongoing investigation. Now well, comes the old dude, dude. my hero. Uh, I, I assume that's what the investigation will detail. Uh, just a two-part. Just only like when you go two-part. Two <laughs> my, my son does that. So he says, the guy says, just a two-part, and, and Gibbs says, my son always done that, and he holds up one finger. Just a two-part, right? And, you know, like, like mocking the guy. <laughs> how old is he? Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I went over to the press court. How old is he? Because you're an old dude, and you have, like, a real question, you old bastard. Don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are, you aware, are you aware of the list, the published list of 31,000 scientists who oppose this idea of global uh, warming? I don't doubt that there are, 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 are 26,000 uh, of our PhDs. Okay, so did you hear what he said, John? Yeah, there's 31,000 people on the list, 6,000 are PhDs. They think they're just all a crock of crap, and they have reasons to think that way. Okay, what should Herr Goebbels answer now? I don't doubt that, uh, uh, that there's such a list, uh, Lester. I, I think there's uh, no real scientific basis for the dispute of this. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> this, there's I six, love that guy. <laughs> there's no real... By the way, yeah, I don't doubt there's a list. We have that list, and we're checking it twice, everybody. Okay, now, here comes the arrogance part. Okay. And the White House list of those attending. The so now he's back to the White House list. The old dude is going gonna, is gonna to slam him. The first state dinner listed, quote, the Honorable Robert Gibbs, White House Press Secretary. And my question. So did you catch that? Yeah. So at the White House state dinner, they announced Robert Gibbs as the Honorable Robert Gibbs. Yeah, like he's a judge. Yeah. And then uh, you want to hear his answer or are you done with him? No, no, let's go. Can you name any previous press secretaries who were given the title usual reserve to judges and elected political leaders? Speaking on background, <laughs> as somebody intimately familiar with the thinking of the Honorable Robert Gibbs. Oh, do you hear how arrogant this cocksucker is? Um, I didn't say you're dishonorable. I, I, yeah, we do. I thought yeah, it was... No uh, Did you come up with this? Was this right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, I write all those. Uh, look, it was. Uh, He's making jokes, but he means it. Of course, he wrote that. Of course, he put it himself in the honorable category. A, a, a flattering promotion that uh, I'm sure the press secretary was uh, quite honored to the have. President wanted this. He, he wanted this. Okay. Lester, I, I I dare say that the president uh, is. Um, quite busy uh, doing a number of things. I seriously doubt he was proofreading uh, the press release guest list, but I will uh, double check on that. Yeah. Double check. What an idiot. It's, the guy's it's, coked up. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've had several people look at him. They don't think so. They don't think so. He, well, then he's got adenoids problems. He, the guy has not been taking a breath through his nose since he got that job. <laughs> anyway. That's uh, that. That is the uh, the Ministry of Truth speaking to you. I don't doubt there's a list of thirty thousand people of scientists, of which six thousand are PhDs, which is more than the entire IPCC report. I don't. I don't doubt that. There's probably some organization like Climate. Was it three fifty dot org? Yeah, that's you know they're all deniers. Sickening. Well, don't forget the 350 guys aren't deniers. They're uh, they're against they cap just and trade. Cap and yeah. trade is 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 a, a scam. 
Yeah. So they're going to, and they and they will, there's going to be havoc in Copenhagen, and it's going to, everyone's going to be so surprised by this. Anyone listening to this show should know that we're telling you right now there's going to be a riots in Copenhagen. So just before we get to some more clips, because I know you sent in a few, John, the stuff you're hearing on this show, you will not hear anywhere on the lamestream media. You're just not going to hear it. Because while everyone is talking about Tiger Woods and talking about gate crashes, we're actually, you know, like doing some work here. I was up until 3. I had to get up at 5.30. I was up until 3 recording C-SPAN. No wonder you're so grumpy. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very grumpy. And you know what? If I could just quit my job and didn't have to do this stupid running around and sitting in... I, I love the Garden State, but still. I'm at the, the Newark Airport Crown Plaza, for Christ's sakes. You know, I, I, we have a shitty connection. Yeah, living. Yeah, the hookers and blow are on their way. But you know, we could have a good connection. We could have a perfect show. Yeah, I'm very irritated by this stuff. We need. I need to quit my day job. I do. And the only way to do it is to be able to eat bread. Yeah. And we had an executive producer who was definitely helping. And and I gotta say. Wow. Everyone in Australia, who, of course, are right in the middle of all this, there's some amazing things happening. Uh, the um, the Liberal Party has now changed leadership. So now it's actually going to go, uh, the people are going to vote. They're, tr- they're really working very hard on stopping their own version of cap and trade. You know, and there's tons of money, well, tons, there's tons of people donating that's coming in from Australia. We really appreciate it. We need some some more from the United States. Hello, Europe, are you listening? We really need need help here because it's just what's coming in. It's just not enough. And, you know, people put in big big amounts and they forget that we need ongoing, we need to build up like a war chest, a cash, you know, like we need these $5 a month. Cash flow. Yeah, if every single month we got five bucks from you, from everybody, we'd be set. You know, I'd be, I wouldn't yeah. leave the house. All I'd be doing is just like be glued to C-SPAN. I'm prepared to do the work. I really am. I, I, I need, I need a certain amount of money to live. We're not there. We're like at a, at a tenth. But yeah, tenth is about right. So you want me to list off some people that did give us this uh, last uh, week? Yes, please do. Okay, well, let's go. We did. I would say that I'm a little disappointed by the income for this uh, last week, but, but there was a holiday kind of, and I'm not going to complain too much about it. But uh, let's go. Uh, for, let's start with the fifty dollar, sixty dollar donors. There's just a few of them. Uh, Linda Kalick wants to say happy birthday, Tony, in Telluride. Uh, Brian Pollock, Overland, Missouri. Dorothy Doring uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota, great town. We uh, adore Doring. Uh, Joseph Cotran, Morrisville, New Jersey, Michael Filbert, Vermilion, Ohio, Jerome Darden, Altus, Oklahoma, and Noel Vincente in uh, Jersey. And then uh, one out of uh, the country, one one Brit, uh, Simon Hart. Or is it Hart? Yeah, I think so. It might be Hunt. Uh, in Southampton and William Patterson in Tokyo. Uh, and that was the $50 donors. And we have just a few above that. Shane uh, Brady in Plattsburgh, Missouri. Todd uh, Simons, uh, who you mentioned, he's our executive producer, gave 220 22 Shane gave 151.51. Uh, edan.com, a daily tech show from our tip top website guy, gave 153. Peter Parisi, uh, Redcliffe West 
Australia gave 100, and Mike Caddick in Victoria, Australia, who's also at Cynical Computers, gave $50.50 twice, and I sent him a note, because I think he may just hit the button twice. That's all we got. Now, we thank everybody and all the people. We did get a number of $5 subscriptions, uh, not, you know, millions by any means. But we did have one guy uh, who only gave us $25, Joseph Gaz. But he said that he, this was a Christmas tip. This was a good idea. He says, you should, you should tell people that they give their postman, they give all these different people a tip during the Christmas holiday season. And people should be thinking, at least give us a, one round of tips the same way you do the post office guy and, the you know, your mailman, your garbage man, you usually give something uh and that's what he did he gave us a, a he says he says we're more valuable to him than the post office guy which may or may not be true uh but anyway that's kind of what we're looking for dvork.org slash na and no agenda show.com all these things are uh you, you are appreciated but we really need to bring it up a notch for the uh, next month and and i have to say i am a little bit you're right it was expected with the with the holiday weekend in there the thanksgiving weekend that we would get less uh, donations uh but i do want to point out that no matter where i am in the world no matter what day it is we're always doing a show if we can't for you know like i literally am in a meeting tomorrow morning uh, and i'm getting up at you know the crack of dawn to drive to to pittsburgh to be there on time so it just it just wouldn't work for me to do the show live and unfortunately the day job just has to have precedence but we go straight through holidays so we've got the night before christmas the day before christmas when everyone is going to be out there shopping spending you know hundreds if not thousands of dollars on shit from junk. china junk right. we'll be doing junk. a show we'll be doing a show we did a show on th- on thanksgiving day yeah we're going to do a show on the 31st which of course is uh, is New Year's Eve. We'll be doing a show. That's a Thursday. We do shows on Sundays and Thursdays. It'd be great to do another one. And and I want to. I'm. This is my calling. I really feel that way. How about you, John? I think I, I think it is your calling. <laughs> you bastard! You're such a dick. You're such a buzz. You're such a buzzkill. But John's even sick. Listen to the man. He's hawking up a lung. A you know, yes. the man is I sick. Have, I have a cold and I'm working and I should be in bed. Yeah. <clears throat> so noagendashow.com or dvorak.org slash na. We really need your help. You could give it to the National Treasure, NPR or PBS if you really feel like it. But who gives you the quality programming that you will not find anywhere else? Wait until we... Hey, where's the PBS reportage on this 350 movement and all these riots that are going to take place in Copenhagen? I even heard that... Where is it? Yeah. Forget about it. You know, and conveniently, while President Obama is going to be up in uh, in Copenhagen, he's also uh, going to pick up his Nobel, his Nobel Peace Prize. Kind, of, it's kind of on the way, and uh, there's talk of him being served with uh, <laughs> an indictment from the International Criminal Court. I, I think it's wishful thinking, <laughs> but I like no, the idea. No, wishful thinking. But I like the idea. All of these links, of course, are in the show notes at noagendashow.com. We figured out, I think, what's wrong with the show notes. So I- I- until we get that fixed, and some of our producers are helping uh, us out with that, uh, you can... Uh, uh, you can find copies of the show notes at curry.com and dvorak.org slash blog. Uh, once again, thanks to this episode's executive producer, Todd Simmons from uh, Down Under, and also a shout-out to Dexter and Joey Roden, who are brand-new listeners in Gitmo Nation East. Young people, these are kids who aren't even uh, 21 yet, and they're spreading the news. 
and they're getting the word out. Yeah. They're, they're learning stuff. You know, and, and you think it's bad in the United States? Oh my gosh. You should see what, what, what kind of drivel the, the state controlled media calls news over in Gitmo Nation East in the UK or the Netherlands where they've just completely, they've released a whole new report, which I haven't even gotten to. Where they're saying, well, you know, of course, uh, climate change, it's uh, real, global warming, it's real. Yeah, it hasn't been quite as much as, uh, as it might be, but it's going to happen, and we're going to have to uh, implement geoengineering. We're going to have to spray aerosols to uh, block the sun. Give me a break. This is an official state-sponsored report. It's in Dutch and in English, also uh, listed in the show notes. It's crazy. We're going to trigger an ice age with one of these schemes. Well, that, of course, is the next step. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. oh, it's getting colder. Uh, yeah, Ice Age. It's global cooling. They'll have some other crap. Well, it's just some way of making money. And by the way, uh, from uh, one of our producers, Tim, in, uh, in Australia, he says, yeah, just so you know, I, I love the show notes. Just make a note, though, the Daily Telegraph is not really considered a decent publication. While it does have a large readership, it's our tabloid. And quite often it has to apologize for the stories. Uh, you know, Tim, thanks, buddy. But just so you know, all of it is bullshit. All the, all the lamestream media is bullshit. He does, however, point out that uh, on his predictive text from his Nokia, Hotmail does not work. Facebook does not work. Uh, a four-letter word with an F does not work. However, one word that is in his predictive text, that's the auto spelling correct, reptilian. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of interesting. So anyway, those of you who uh, participated in trying to get us to our third show and on this stuff full time, we really appreciate it. And I'm getting so frustrated, John, as you can tell. Uh, I'm just gonna have to. I'm gonna have to probably start without everybody. I don't. I don't know what to do. But you know, then what? I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna have no job. I'm gonna be uh, living off of bread and water. Well, you know, it's just the way it is. We actually get we get some support. I have to say, we and you know it's it does come in, but it's it's really it's a small quick compared to what people give to PBS and NPR. I mean, this and war, I mean, they, and war the local station has an endowment. They actually, uh, you know, ask well, you to course. put it, your, them in the will in your will. So when you drop dead, then, you know they get ten grand. Yeah, and don't the, don't don't they get financing from the government as well? Yeah, and then they and also run commercials. For Monsanto and all these other fine companies, and GE. The I'm just wondering why Leno doesn't beg for money while he's on the air. <laughs> it's the same set. thing. He's set. He's set. So uh, let's get back to uh, some clips. Okay. You had a couple You know, there. we talked about the different networks that are one thing or another. I've noticed, by the way, it looks like NBC, now that it's going to be sold to Comcast, I expect all the uh, highly political shows that have been pushing you know, the Obama agenda will start to switch to more neutral positions because Comcast is not of the, you know, the same ilk of, of thought. Yeah, are you, are get... you sure or is this just – is this the next step where – because, of course, Compat, Comcast – you know, is a huge internet provider as well. Is it just going to be that they're going to completely blanket everything, all their channels, digital or otherwise, with everything all propaganda? I mean, that's, a, well, that's maybe, also a possibility. I, I, we're already seeing uh, Oberman uh, back off, and uh, I've seen other examples. I think it's going to back off uh, just because of the politics of it. 
But ABC has always been kind of anti-Obama. And so I got I just recorded, I think, over a week ago, but I still think it's an interesting report under the recovery.gov. Uh, it was a re, it was kind of some a report on, on the recovery.gov site being just bogus. And yeah, with all, with all the data just being completely rotten, where the districts that don't exist, money that's incorrectly listed. This is all Vivek Kundra, who you exposed quite boldly, I might say. Who uh, is uh, a, a guy? Another guy with no real experience who just is like you know making up shit and put it on a website and drawing pretty pictures on a Microsoft platform. Here we go. More than fifty-eight thousand of the jobs the White House claims were created or retained by the stimulus come from projects where no money has been spent. Nearly one out of every ten jobs claimed on the administration's recovery.gov website. That's according to a report by the Government Accountability Office. Republicans say the numbers don't add up. The inaccuracy of the site also shows you just how inept the government is at getting the facts right and making them available to the public. The White House says the problems are minimal and fixable. I think the problems that we see out of 12 million data elements are probably less than one percent there are errors that recipients made by and large in reporting that either they didn't have time to correct or didn't identify in time but the chairman of the board that oversees the stimulus tells congress in a letter obtained by abc news that he can't certify any of the jobs data now on the website oh we can't certify it oh no any of it by the way, the, the, the White House uh, mouthpiece saying 1% of the 12 million data points, that means, there's a, that means just minimally there's 120,000 uh, 120, mistakes. Yeah, which That's it, 1% of 12 million. A billion. A million. Yeah, no, that's 1% of 12 million. They said 12 million, and this is 120. Um, that's not a minor number, 120,000, but errors. Yeah, particularly when it's our money. Uh, uh, by the way... Uh, I get email every single day, and it's uh, this seems to be some like campaign. But uh, if we get enough money for me to do this full time, yes, I will bring back the daily source code. You better believe it, because I, I need to go much further than than this show. So, <laughs> I, need so uh, really, I need to get. I need to let off some steam. So I recorded a couple of advertisements this week to uh, to examine. Oh, good. I like those. Well, let's here's one to try to guess who this is for. Now, I mean, when you you're going to play the old woman clip, yeah. And the thing is, it's going to you. It's for some operation. You're going to have to try to guess because they never, you know, they just say it with a logo at the end. But but it's I it's this is the theme song, the new theme song, the way I see it for Robert Gibbs, the uh, press secretary. <laughs> you mean Go Harry Goble Gibbs? Okay, so we have to guess. It's a little game. Play along at home and in the chat room now. When I grow up. Robert uh, Gibbs. <laughs> what do you mean, Robert Gibbs? He is an old woman. Who is it for? Kaiser Permanente. 
It's really a, it's a, it's a, I find it an obnoxious commercial. I only wanted to run it because uh, by the end of the year, I'm going to put together a bunch of sound clips and I need that we played on the show. So I needed to play that on the show. Well, so what is the point? What, what are they, what are they selling? What is Kaiser? I don't know. It's showing, they're selling a bunch of old women. I guess they're selling old women to join Kaiser Permanente for health care. It's a health care ad. Uh, uh, and what can I tell you? Do you think that thing's going to pass? I mean, because that, of course, is another thing that, that is just slipping away as we all pay attention to, to Tiger Woods. I don't know. I, it's right now. They keep right now all the lecturing. There's going to be like a month full of this debate and amendments, you know. Which is if you you turn on C-SPAN during some of these episodes, and it's like, oh my god, you know, just it's just extremely dull. You know, healthcare is is so interesting. It is the only business I know where you get paid more for performing certain tasks. It's almost like uh, if we have an engineer, and we've got several at uh, at Mevio. If an engineer does like a Perl script, then we pay him two hundred bucks. But you know, if he does something with a database, oh, now we got to pay you a thousand. You know, and this was this was all set up uh, by Lyndon Johnson actually when they set up Medicare. When they said, "Hey, how much do you doctors want to get paid for stuff?" and the doctors went, "Uh huh. Oh shit, yeah. This is a, this is a good this is a good deal. We'll tell you. We'll tell you how much money we want to get paid, and they get paid by procedure. It's really weird." You know, it's like, uh, you know what? Yeah, you think they just get paid by the hour? Yeah. No, no, no. Not It's by the procedure. Yeah, I took Christina to see the doctor. The doctor talked with her for like 30 minutes. They took her blood, weighed her when she was out here in San Francisco. I got the bill the other day, $350. <laughs> it's for half an hour. Well, she's covered by your insurance. No, she's not, actually. She should be. No, she's no. Oh, she, no, no, you're no. right. She wouldn't be. She's too too old, and she's not in school. No, she got kicked out of uh, my global insurance because she's uh, enjoying the fine uh, uh, healthcare service in the United Kingdom, who won't reimburse you because you know you have to call like the number and get permission, and you know just if you're not feeling well, you can't just go and have that insured. Nah, no way. Hmm. And I got kicked out of my global insurance. And by the way, I can't have my global insurance because then I'll get penalized. I have to have American health care insurance, which is going to cost $5,000 a year. Hey, it's a, it's a scam. So uh, let's go to – I got a couple commercials here that are drug commercials that have the – I got the one-and-a-half-minute one, which is 17 seconds. By the way, this is, I think this is our record. 17 seconds of actual commercial, and then the rest of the minute-and-a-half, which is over a minute. This is, is the longest the, one we've had. Yeah, normally we, we saw the new block where it was 15 seconds and then a minute of uh, disclaimer and all the bad shit that'll happen to you. Now you're saying that there's uh, it's like a minute and f minute 13 of yeah, disclaimer. Yeah. Wow. So they've yeah. taken up three commercial blocks. Right. Of which less than a third is actually telling you what the drug does. All right, let's listen right. to it. It's another one of these bipolar things. I love the music. Are you fucked up? <laughs> when you're living with bipolar depression... Oh, John, it's me. It's easy to feel like you're fading into the background. That's because bipolar depression doesn't just affect you. You are fading into the background because you're a slave of the New World Order and you have no place in the foreground. It can consume you. One option proven effective to treat bipolar depression is Seroquel XR. For many, it's one pill once a day. Here's
here's some important safety information you should be aware of. Call your doctor if you have unusual changes in mood, behavior, or thoughts of suicide. Antidepressants can increase these in children, teens, and young adults. Elderly dementia patients taking Seroquel XR have an increased risk of death. Call your doctor if you develop fever, stiff muscles, and confusion. As these may be signs of a life-threatening reaction, or if you have uncontrollable muscle movements, as these could become permanent. High blood sugar has been reported with Seroquel XR in medicines like it, and in extreme cases can lead to coma or death. Tell your doctor if you have a history of low white blood cell count or seizures. Your doctor should check for cataracts. Other risks include increased cholesterol and triglycerides, weight gain, dizziness on standing, drowsiness, impaired judgment, and trouble swallowing. Use caution before driving or operating machinery. Learn more about bipolar depression and questions to ask your doctor at SaraquelXR.com. Bipolar depression doesn't have to consume you. Take the step today and ask your doctor whether Seroquel XR is right for you. If you can't afford your medication, AstraZeneca may be able to help. Uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing, although I'm a little disappointed because they still had about 15 seconds of promo at the end there. It wasn't all disclaimer. Mm, yeah, yeah, it could have gone further, but it's still a minute and a half. But, you know, you listen to all that stuff, and it's like, well, is this supposed to help me, or is it supposed to kill me? And of course, I mean, it's ridiculous. I thought just people just, bipolar people just take some lithium, and I thought that was all you needed. But <laughs> apparently not. Have you ever taken lithium? No, have you? No, man, I've never taken, taken it. I'm on it now. <laughs> I, I, I can't hand you these open doors anymore if you don't grab them, okay? You must really I, be sick. I, I'm just slow on the draw with that particular <laughs> We'll get it eventually. I, yeah, eventually you got to get it. The bipolar disease, yeah. And I'm not supposed okay, to laugh so now, about that. You can do more no, commercials. Just, We're not getting yeah, paid for one, this shit. I got one more. I know these guys should be giving us... Uh, okay, I, this I thought was the most creative commercial so far. This is a one-minute commercial, just a minute, and it's a commercial for a, for some sort of, like, if you have to pee a lot, it's a, one of those bladder control commercials. But the rationale for it is, is very unusual. The rationale is so you can shop more. <laughs> hey, it's the same composer. You know, we need to, we totally need to do one of these commercials. We got to do one of these, you know, for no agenda and, but really good with this type of music. I love it. Nancy decided she can't afford so many bathroom detours when 60% off is at stake. So today she's talking to her doctor about overactive. Oh my God, there's a sale on. I can't pee. I have to shop. Please enjoy your shopping experience. Terry decided she's tired of always stopping to go. So today, she's talking to her doctor, too. If you have overactive bladder symptoms, today is the day to talk to your doctor and ask about prescription Tovias. One Tovias pill a day significantly reduces sudden urges and accidents over 24 hours, all day, and all night. Plus, Tovias comes with a simple plan with tips on food and drink choices and training your bladder. If you have certain stomach problems or glaucoma or cannot empty your bladder, you should not take Tovias. Tovias can cause blurred vision and drowsiness, so use caution when driving or doing unsafe tasks. The most common side effects are dry mouth and constipation. Today, Laura decided it was time. To get your first prescription free, visit TryTovias.com. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. It's like, you know, because, of course, your busy day consists of 60% off shopping bonanzas. And, <laughs> and you, need, you need to shop. But, however, your vision may get blurred and you may mistake uh, your, the number you're signing away on your credit card. 
Oh, brother. Yeah. So I think as this connection deteriorates, we're going to have to uh, cut the show uh, slightly short and, uh, and meet again on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's really pissing me off. Well, there are a couple couple more things uh, that need to be discussed, John. And, of course, since I'm doing the recording, this part will actually come through. Uh, Bloomberg reports that uh, several Goldman Sachs executives and employees are now uh, applying for gun permits. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a great story. I think even uh, even carry permits, right? Because they're uh, you know they're being threatened so much, you you have you have to understand that this is why I love being in the United States of America. Because even though the the literally the new world order they're calling themselves that the global government is is opening up, you know they want us to have less babies, which of course will lead to uh, killing people because you know we're killing the earth. <laughs> You know, th- what's happening is people in America are just not going to take this shit any longer. And you know what? Because of the First Amendment, we've got guns and we have numbers. And once we figure it out that, we- that we've got the numbers, they can do nothing against us. That's why I'm interested to see what will happen. You know, it's, as, as people start waking up, the Internet, you know, before they shut it down. And boy, Al Gore must not be a popular guy at the cocktail parties of the evil elite. Hey, hey, hey Gore. You you invented that stuff, man. Now look what it's doing. It's ruining everything. People are catching on. So, uh, yeah, of course, they've got to arm themselves. They've got to have guns. So that because people are coming after them. Yeah, well, they, they, you know, they better get to Bermuda or wherever they're going to go end up. Cayman Islands or, you know, whatever. No, 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 I don't no, know. It's uh, Paraguay. They have guns. If I was one of them, I'd be carrying too. I'm th- I'm thinking of carrying myself regardless. <laughs> Federal Reserve uh, has announced it is sponsoring a 45... I can't wait to get this commercial. 45-second advertisements in movie theaters with tips to help shoppers avoid unnecessary credit card charges and fees. These are, quote, public service announcements. Apparently have already... How about you regulating better? Oh, no, no, no. We need to help the people. We need to help the sheeple. They need to understand. I can't wait to get to the movie theater to see this. The Federal Reserve, ladies and gentlemen, the bankers are now telling you uh, how to avoid unnecessary fees. But the whole message is continue to shop. And oh, by the way, if you got to pee, take this pill. Don't stop to pee. Go shop. It's all fine. Enjoy your shopping experience. It's just ludicrous. That's the word for it. You had so we got a few new topics coming up that we'll discuss on Sunday. Completely off the wall. Yeah, what do you want to tease? God, uh, this connection I have to is go, so first bad. I have to go to my email to get the right tease out. Let me just tell people it's going to be very interesting. Okay. And, of course, uh, Kim Jong-il uh, has... Uh, done something that uh, could possibly happen in these United States. Uh, he's essentially uh, crushed the uh, the currency uh, by devaluing it. And, of course, that, uh, that completely crushes everything and everybody. Wouldn't it be weird if all of a sudden you woke up and your dollar was worth 10 cents? It's happened. Not here, but it happens in some countries. It's happened in I many places. I got myself my $100 trillion note from Zimbabwe. Oh, you did? You got one finally? Oh, cool. Yeah, $100 trillion. 
I have a hundred trillion. I've got a hundred trillion. I think yours is ten trillion. No, I've got a hundred trillion. Mm. It's not that hard to get, you know, if you, yeah, have right, if, you have, if you have the right connections. Yeah, Zimbabwe connections. And uh, then the one other thing, uh, just to wind it up on a happy note, uh, then oh, I, I got a, like a whole bunch of swine flu links in the show notes, but it's just this connection is impossible. Because, of course, if we, you know, we actually had money coming in, I could just stay at home and do the show properly. But um, Cosmopolitan Magazine, have you seen this, John? This is something that I thought you would no. probably blog. Um, they have come out with uh, a nice handy little list. You know, they're always there to, to help everyone, uh, particularly the women of the United States. I'm sure this will be translated into their many international versions. Um, how to uh, engage with people and your partner so as not to, as to reduce the risk of getting or spreading swine flu. So they have a night. It's a, it's a, I'm going to print this out and hang it up in the office. No so, high fives. No. Instead of shaking hands, you should be bumping fists. Open hands are viral hotspots since people often touch their faces, transferring germs to their palms and fingers. Do not bear hug. No, no, no. Instead, greet with a light upper arm squeeze. Again, getting into another person's airspace can set you up for infection. Lip kissing goodbye. John, this is no longer allowed, according to Cosmo magazine. Instead, blow a kiss. Direct contact with an infected person's mouth or nose will transmit the virus. But the kicker... And this is actually where Cosmo really does it for me, and I'm going to buy up a couple of uh, issues of this magazine. The high-risky habit of missionary-style sex has to end. Instead, do the deed facing away from him. The farther <laughs> apart from your mouths and noses are, the less likely you'll be, you'll be breathing in viral particles. And essentially, they've got a little diagram of a reverse cowgirl. <laughs> Russian style. And I'm like, that's good. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> but the kissing and bear hugging and shaking hands, that's got to stop. Instead, it's time for reverse cowgirl. So the next time, what guys. A <laughs> everybody's making money off of this but us. So John, let me uh let me blow but you us. A, Yeah. Let me uh let me blow you a little kiss there, my friend. And uh and thank you for coming off of your deathbed to participate in the show. Yes. Dvorak.org slash NA, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll be back in Gitmo Nation West on Sunday, and uh, we'll have a proper connection if, uh, of course, if AT&T allows it. Because you never know. Please check us out at noagendashow.com. Uh, if the show notes aren't working properly, there's always a copy at curry.com or Dvorak.org slash NA. Coming to you from the Garden States, right in the middle of Gitmo Nation Central. Pissed off, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's dark, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back right here with another episode. It'll be 154. Make sure you're the executive producer. We'll do it on Sunday, right here on No Agenda.